0: Welcome to the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. We all know safety comes first and today we're speaking with Nick Ulrich, a safety instructor from Gillette College, who's focused on using VR to train mining employees to become safer and better operators. Coming up next on the XR for Business podcast. Nick, welcome to the show. Yes, Alan. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I read an article about how you're using VR to to train uh, mining employees. How did you get into this? Well, tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the first project
1: that we've done is a blind spot recognition using virtual reality, 360 photography as well. And it's to help miners, when they're on the mine side understand the blind spots of heavy equipment. So we started with that because MSHA, the Mine Safety and Health Administration, has an initiative out there about powered haulage. And that's kind of where the idea came from. We see fatalities every year in the mining world. So I wanted to give everybody an understanding of what the blind spots for the heavy equipment that they're working around or on and give them an idea of that. And virtual reality gave us an opportunity to do that without actually having to have all the equipment here at the college. So it works out great to give them a vision of what they would see if they were in that equipment. That's
0: pretty cool. So you're talking like those big, huge dump trucks with the giant wheels and loaders and all these type of things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have in the program that we have now, we have ten pieces of equipment. It includes the four hundred ton haul trucks, which is the largest haul trucks in the world. Those tires are approximately fifteen feet high. Whoa, and next to them you will go about to the middle
0: of the tire. That's incredible. So, You've got these trucks now. Did you uh, create them as 3D models and then climb inside of it? Or is this taken from like a 360 video type of thing? So we do a couple different things with it. We do have 3D
1: models of all the pieces of equipment. So like I said, we have about 10 pieces of equipment right now. And we just have 3D models of those where people can walk around them uh, virtually and see how big they are. Put them to actual size or as close as I could get to actual size by my uh, recollection of them. They can get into them for the most part and just kind of see it in a virtual spot. And then we did go out to all the different mine sites and take 360 photography of each of those pieces of equipment. And we, we did it in a really cool way. We set up a scene. So we had a whole lot of different things around the piece of equipment. So let's just say a haul truck. We had several different people. And smaller uh, vehicles, like light duty vehicles, such as just your normal pickup or van, we had those all set up in a special way where you couldn't see them from the cab. So they were in the blind spots of that equipment. We took that 360 photo from the cab of that piece of equipment so we can show everybody what the cab looks like and what they could see outside of it. Knowing that they couldn't see any of the things in the blind spots, They were able to look around the cab. They were able to see out the windows. They could even use the mirrors. Then what we did is moved outside and we took several different 360 photos from the piece of equipment. And every 360 photo that we took, there's more of the things that were around you at the time. We would jump them from one spot to the next. And with every spot that they jumped, then more of the full scene became visible. We're talking about 10 to 15 pieces of either other equipment or people that were all around them the entire time. So they were able to see that. 360 photo eyes, and uh, then get back in the cab and then really realize that, man, we really could not see any of that stuff that was around us at the time. That's pretty awesome. The virtual reality part was great because it gives them an opportunity to look around. We're mainly focused on the new miners that are just going through the initial class. Imshaw requires that uh, people do a 24-hour training before they go out to a mine site. That's what we teach here at the college We focus on those people that have never been around that equipment. So having the virtual model and then being able to see how big it is and actually stand next to the tire that I was telling you about, that got their attention. And then the 360 photo allowed us to show them what the actual piece of equipment looks like that they'll be working around. It worked out really good
0: to do both things. Almost like a hands-on approach. You get to check it out, be there, experience it before you even get on. I can imagine this would also be good for recruiting people as well, because it's pretty exciting to stand next to a 15-foot tire.
1: We should use it as a recruiting model. That would be great. (laughs) But yeah, it's mainly focused on uh, giving them an opportunity to see that stuff before they get out there, because people don't, if you've never seen it and you've never been around it, you don't really get the full capacity of it if I'm telling you about it. But if I can put you next to that tire, even in a virtual space, uh, you get the understanding. Everybody asks, "Is this really how big it is?" And you know, you get to say, "Yeah, this is. You're standing next to the actual truck. It's just not in front of you at this point in time. So it really does get their attention. So that part, just to to capture the sheer size of it
0: and what they're getting into. That's pretty awesome. I actually want to try this now. I want to stand next to one of these. I want to drive one of these monster truck things.
1: I'll get into that a little bit later, probably. But our next project is going to be a mine tour uh, where we'll have them uh, fully immersed in a whole mine situation.
0: So uh, lots of stuff to come with that. How are you combining the kind of 3D models with the photos,
1: the 3D models. When when you first start the uh, virtual reality part of it, you're in a warehouse, and then we have all of the ten pieces of equipment at full size, so you can imagine how big the warehouse uh, looks. And they can choose e- any of them that they want to go to first, or, or whatever. The the full program they have to visit all ten of them and go through the whole thing. But they start off in that warehouse. Uh, video plays from Imshaw on a big screen that drops down from the ceiling. It's pretty awesome. It gets their attention right away. Uh, and it just talks about blind spots. It was put out, it's a video that's just put out by Imshaw uh, to show that. But then they simply teleport to that piece of equipment and then they can walk around it. Uh, they can teleport. We have spots where they can teleport to specifically, like the cab and uh, some different areas around it next to the tire. And they get to take that in. And then we have a spot where they go to that will take them into uh, the 360 photos. And they they look at a certain spot every time, and then they can move to the next photo and move all the way around. There's only a specific direction that they can go. They have to see it a certain way. And then there's probably, uh, for each one, between six and ten different photos uh, of the piece of equipment as they're moving around it. So then they get to move around that. Then when they go back to the cab, once they exit out, they go back to that warehouse. Where all the equipment is at, and then they can choose their next one and go through that once they get done with that blind spot, then they virtually go to a classroom where we have a lot of review information, a lot of photos, a lot of industry specific safety posters hanging on the wall that they can watch. There's another video uh, and then they can play with the models we have it so they can pick them up and hold them and see them in uh, a smaller uh, size so they can actually see what that looks like and Uh, That always gets them because they're picking up the piece of equipment, moving it around in a virtual world. So that's pretty awesome. Then finally, uh, especially MSHA related stuff, you got to have a test. You start off in a, it's in another room and you have a haul truck in front of you, a full-sized haul truck. And you have a lot of pickups parked around you in a blind spots of that haul truck. And here's the great thing about using virtual reality is I told the programmer that I wanted to become a giant and be able to move those pickups out of the blind spots of the haul truck. And I said, yeah, I think we can do that. So you go above the whole scene and you're looking down through a glass ceiling at the whole scene below you and you have a, a model of it sitting on a podium next to you and you pick up and move those little pickup models and it moves the big pickup models down below you. So you move those outside of the blind spots. If you have them in the blind spots, we have it where it will register where you uh, don't pass the test. So you have to put them outside the blind spots and then you can go back down and see your scene, get in the haul truck and make sure you can see all the pickups before you submit. Make sure they understand, at least in the haul truck, where those blind spots are at and and where they can place those pickups to get out of them.
0: So people, when they're operating even smaller equipment, they know not to park or, or even drive in those blind spots.
1: Alan, that's exactly what we use it for. We train a lot of contractors, so a lot of the people that we train are not necessarily going to be driving those haul trucks, but they're going to be interacting with them. And it's important that they know what they can't see. They might not ever get in one, but at least now when they go out there, they understand if they were in one, what they can and can't see. I would assume this is is going to save lives as well. That's my intention. Yes. And I have no doubt that it will. You Talk about KPIs and what you can actually gain from it. That's a tough one to know for sure. If what you did saved them, but I have no doubt in my mind that it is going to make the mine site a safer place and prevent injuries, yes.
0: It's saving lives, which in turn makes everybody work a little bit smarter. And I I think the God view of being able to stand back and look at it and move things around as if you were in that huge giant view, I think that's a really smart idea of doing it. And the fact you've combined CG graphics with 360 photos of the real site is really an impressive part of that. How long did it take to put this together?
1: So the project itself, I'll tell you, I I first saw virtual reality about a year and a half ago is October of 2018. And uh, that was the first time I ever tried goggles on NIOSH, the National Institute of Safety and Health. They had a setup at one of the conventions that I went to and they were using it in an underground mining situation. We're surface mining out here. So once I saw that, I said, man, we could use this for surface mining the initiative from Shaw about powered and we see fatalities from blind spots every year people getting into them and getting ran over so uh, that was the start of the project coming up with how we were going to do that did some research and came up with an idea for it we got a programmer fresh out of school he just graduated so we got him for one summer so we literally had uh, june july and august and uh, me and him were together every day pretty much for that entire time, coming up with it and putting it all together and taking the photos, and uh, we crammed a lot into that three months. It took us about three months to get it done, and we can always add to it. Uh, At this point in time, we have the ten main things that we use around this area, so it's a done project. Yes, you could always build on it more, but we're moving on now a little bit, getting into uh, the next project. From beginning to end, it took me about eight months
0: you know, a lot of it was just trying to organize uh, site visits and, and making sure that you had all the equipment ready. Yes, that was a huge part. Uh, we were lucky that we had minds that would work with us really well with that. The paperwork usually takes longer than the actual production of the thing. So did you guys build this in Unreal or Unity? or? Uh, yes, we used Unity. And what uh, type of headsets? Are you using the Vives or using... Uh, we're using the Vive
1: uh, headsets. In our department, we're currently working on getting a full classroom set up so we can utilize it for everyone. We have classes that get up to twenty-four people, so we're working right now to get that set up where we can have twenty-four of them going at one time and uh, be able to utilize it in our class that way. Right now, it's a little clunky getting them through it all and and only having a couple different headsets. We do hook it up to the projector as well, so the whole class can see what one person is looking at, but it's not the same. You need to experience it in the goggles. So uh, we're working hard to get in that. Hopefully that's going to be here by this summer and we'll have that full classroom immersion and, and everybody will be able to put them on at one time and go through it.
0: You built this for your college. Is this something that you have a mandate to also provide to other mining companies or other schools or anything like that? So that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. I do work at Gillette College. We are kind of a little
1: bit different in how we do it. We have a grant, an Imshaw provided grant that we operate under and it's just through the college that we do it. It's a weird partnership and I don't know exactly all the rules of it, but uh, with that being said, yes, 100% we made this with grant money. So if anyone wants this product, I will give it to you. You can use it in your training. I will send you a jump drive. It's only about three megabytes once you put it on the jump drive. So I can send you the entire program and people can use it, view it, whatever they want to do with it. It's provided for free.
0: Did you say three megabytes or three gigabytes? It fits on a small jump drive. So, <laughs> Yes, it's got to be gigabytes. Well, I want to try it. I want to go and sit in one of these haulers. You got to send me one. Absolutely. <laughs> That's truly our goal is that we save lives. I'll tell you what, if you send, uh, send me a drive, I will actually go and share it with some friends of ours at a mining company here in Toronto because Toronto is kind of a hub for the mining head offices. Absolutely. I'll send you one. Oh, that'd be great. Well, Nick, this is really incredible. I love how you guys built this really holistic uh, system and I, I can't wait to give it a try. And is there anything else you want to share with everybody? before we we wrap it up.
1: Yeah, just virtual reality. And I know you guys and most of your audience is going to know, but I see it as truly the future. Now I'm focused on safety and safety training, but this is the future of safety training. When you can put people in a certain environment and show them that without putting them in harm's way, I know it's revolutionary. And I know there, there isn't a word that I could use to explain how I feel about it, But I've only been doing it for about a year and a half. And I I know that this next project, which is a mine tour, I'm going to put people in situations that they could come across in mining. And I'm going to be able to have a high wall fall on them and some kind of incident or accident that could happen at a mine site or that we see all the time. You can always talk about those. You can tell them in their class. You can show them pictures of the times when it has happened. But I'm a big believer in the virtual reality side of it. And I can make it happen to you. When you go out to the mine site and that picture brings up a feeling, that's a training that people will not forget. If they have a high wall fall on them in a virtual world, yes, they get to walk away from it. They have no lasting injuries. Uh, You can have them fall, not wearing their fall protection. You you can do all kinds of things uh, for this safety side of it. And when they get out to the actual job site and they see it and that triggers the training that you gave them, they'll look at it differently. So I I know your audience knows all about virtual reality and they know it can can be done to do amazing things, but the safety side of it is where I'm focused and I can just see so much benefit from giving them an idea of what they are seeing before they get out there. Uh, That's the type of training that I want
0: to give. And that's what virtual reality has allowed. So basically what you're saying is you can study it all you want, but virtual reality gives you the feeling of being there.
1: Absolutely. Mine safety, it's a huge deal. And and mining is going to be here. It has been here forever. It's going to be here forever. And people don't understand what they're getting into when they go out there. If I can show them what they are getting into and, and what they're doing without putting them there before they even get there, it will literally save lives. And I don't think there's anything more important
0: than that. Thank you so much for sharing this. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how can they, how can they reach you? Email is in Ulrich,
1: U-L-L-R-I-C-H at Sheridan.edu. I wish I had a website or something fancy that I could
0: get out, but I don't. Well, I've got the Sheridan.edu uh, website so they can, uh, they can follow up there and, and take a look at the, the courses that are offered through Sheridan and Gillette College. So, Nick, thank you again so much for taking the time to share this and also the generosity of sharing this experience with uh, with our listeners and everybody to keep the world safer.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Hey there, this is Alan Smithson, your host for the XR for Business podcast. We recently launched the free Global Resource Guide to XR Collaboration that's available at xrcollaboration.com. With literally billions of people forced to work and learn from home right now, we felt it our duty to put together a toolkit for organizations to learn how to deploy virtual, augmented, and mixed reality collaboration tools for conferences, meetings, design scrums, classrooms, lecture halls, and so many more. The reality is that these technologies offer a quantum leap beyond the 2D conference calls we're having every day right now. XR Collaboration offers something more visceral, a more human and more social experience in a time of extreme social distancing. We've assembled a coalition of industry leaders to build a set of free tools, including the global resource guide, directory, and a feature selection tool to help you find the right partners. The visionary partners for XR Collaboration are Qualcomm, Deutsche Telekom, Metaverse, Cleanbox, the Augmented Reality Enterprise Alliance area, XR Bootcamp, Augmented World Expo or AWE, and the Virtual and Augmented Reality Association. I want to send a special thank you to our visionary partners and the over 30 people who worked on this project. Your passion to help is absolutely incredible. Get your free copy of the Global Resource Guide and access to the directory today at xrcollaboration.com. To help this information reach as many people as possible, I'll be providing a slightly abridged version of the guide right here on XR for Business as a three-part podcast miniseries. Our first installment will deal with the basics of XR, including a glossary of terms, types of XR collaboration tools, and so on.